0: This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhallcom forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the chief business officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host for today, and I am so excited to be joined by Choi Halliday, who is Vice President for Administrative Services at Pierce College in Tacoma, Washington. Welcome, Choi. Well, thank you for having me. I always ask all of our guests on CBO Speaks to start out by telling us how you came to hire ed as a profession. It's always an interesting story, no matter how that road happens. So I'd love it if you could start out by sharing your your story with us.
1: I have a long and winding road that got me to uh, higher ed. Um, my main thing really was that, that I was interested in education, um, mainly as the challenge uh, because I had so many bad teachers. And I just wow. really thought, this has to be uh, be able to be done better. And <laughs> so um, I ended up, uh, through through my collegiate career, still having quite a few bad teachers, and thought, this can't be that hard. So I actually went to graduate school, focused a lot on uh, uh, the teaching. I got teaching assistantships, those kinds of things. And in the end, um, really found that I enjoyed teaching, especially at the collegiate level. And so I um, actually started my higher ed career as a faculty member. Interesting. And, so, uh, and I taught uh, mathematics and economics. Uh, so um, usually some fairly difficult topics for you know students to, to grasp mm-hmm. at times and, and everything. So, but we uh, did uh, pretty pretty well in all of that. And uh, so then from that point, uh, I I got. Um, uh, promoted to be uh, department dean. And then um, I actually went through the instructional side of the of the uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had an incident where uh, the chief business officer of my uh, college had to leave suddenly and uh, with very, very little notice. And so the president came to me and said, hey, I know you have the background to do this. Uh, we're kind of in a bind. Would you like to at least in an interim, uh, you know, kind of do this and and be the chief business officer, which I uh, accepted. And then um, eventually they said, "Well, we're we're really not going to search for for a replacement for you. You're you're doing fine." So
0: wow. there you go. Wow. Was,
1: yeah. So that that was sort of how all that came about. And was that, that a went,
0: Pierce College or was that somewhere else?
1: That was at a different college at okay. my previous college, uh, which was uh, in in the state of Washington as well.
0: Wow. So that must give you a really unique perspective from the faculty standpoint. Can you talk a little bit about how that's influenced you as a CBO?
1: Yeah, actually, I take my role as a CBO really as uh, someone who wants to teach uh, the organization, um, whoever in the organization, about uh, the kinds of decision making and the kinds of policies that uh, we we have to put into place or will are, are willing to put into place, um, not just as the sort of black and white, uh, the, this is the rule, this is you know this is the expenditure, this is the budget, those kinds of things. but I really try to um, use uh, my my background in instruction to to talk and teach about them so that people are more willing to understand and able to understand why the the uh, kinds of decisions that are made look the way they do.
0: Interesting. Well, and I would imagine that shared governance role is much more familiar to you as a CBO than somebody who's come in from the outside who's struck by by that model.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I obviously growing up through the organization um, as a, a faculty member. Shared governance is such a huge, huge uh, um, thing and, and an important thing for uh, the faculty senate or the whatever the faculty organization in any um, any college is, and um, it it really turns out to be something that. Goes along with my overall philosophy, which is uh, decisions made by a group uh, usually are stronger than decisions made by any small um, um, or individual, Mm -hmm. uh, small group or individual, because you're just getting so many more perspectives on the, the approach.
0: When you first entered the CBO role, coming from a faculty standpoint, what surprised you about being on that side of the fence, if you will?
1: I think I had a pretty broad perspective of the way that colleges ran, you know, even as a faculty member. Um, if there's anything that um, I usually was, was commended for throughout my career, even as a young faculty member, was the notion of, of having good, broad perspective um, about both the profession uh, and the specific topics that I was teaching, as well as as the um, running of the of the college. So I wasn't particularly surprised by a lot of the sort of general concepts of, of what um, the college was doing and how the college operated from a business standpoint um, but I do think I was um, there was a pretty good learning curve on all the various specifics uh, the the chief business officer role is in many cases sort of you know the the joke is it's a mile wide and an inch deep mm-hmm. um, but um, in in there are areas where it's both a mile wide and a mile deep and uh, so, you know coming up to speed on some of those things is, is really really um, really a uh, strong learning curve. And maybe the area for me that um, required the longest time or the the uh, lo- longest learning um, was uh, all the risk management, mm.
0: uh, the mm-hmm.
1: fact that there's just... <laughs> now it seems sort of like a no brainer but the fact that there's risk in every single decision mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. and uh and and even the smallest uh, kinds of things where you you think well you know there can't be any risk in this decision <laughs> uh usually ends up with something that uh, goes awry that way but did you uh, learn
0: that the hard way or did you it was that just more of a procedural thing
1: uh both um i i i Certainly, um, you know, guided the institution into some decisions where um, it really, you know, both uh, from my personal viewpoint as well as sort of the organizational viewpoint, they thought, um, geez, the, you know, this the seems like a good decision and and well thought out and then uh, turns around uh, to to bite you later. Um, but then also um, I, I did get. Uh, some good mentoring from some fellow uh, CBOs. We have a pretty strong state uh, CBO organization here mm-hmm. in Washington, and, and it was really great to be able to talk to, to folks and, and learn.
0: Choi, what's exciting about your role currently at Pierce College?
1: Well, my my role at Pierce College, um, I, I see, you know, as supporting an organization um, to do great great work. You know, uh, I want to be able to do the kinds of things that um, make it so that the folks in instruction and the, the staff in student services and, and other areas of the college really can focus on what they're doing and not have to worry about uh, the other things that um, you might typically worry about. I kind of joke about, well, if if I focus on taking out the trash and cleaning your office, then you can focus on, you know, doing the work that you need to uh, to support student success. Um, but Pierce College individually, really, um, over the last three, four five years has come into its own. It really has bloomed into a, um, a successful organization singularly focused on student success. Um, we've won some, uh, national awards recently. We've done some, um, really innovative kinds of things to, to support our students. And, uh, and it's really just a lot of fun to be in an organization like that.
0: What are you doing now in your daily life, Choi, that you never imagined you'd be doing 10 or 15 years ago?
1: Wow, that's a tough
0: question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh one of the things that um I, I, I as I talk about what my job is um to friends and family, because it's it's a really difficult job to explain to people mm. uh, you, uh, you know the concept of well, you know, if if you're a lawyer or a doctor, yeah, <laughs> you, uh, I mean, there it's pretty clear what you do, right, right. Uh, i'm I, I'm a chief business officer or VP for administration at a college, and you know, I feel like I do everything.
0: Knew, Yeah, nobody really
1: knows what that means. And so um, one of the recent things that has been happening individually at our our college is that we've been having all sorts of problems with our um, sanitary sewer system.
0: Oh, that sounds like
1: fun. Oh, yes. Lots of fun. And so um, we've been... Uh, doing a lot of work trying to dig up old pipes and do all all these kinds of things and of course you know facilities being one of the areas that's that's uh in in my realm um i've been uh focused on you know contracts and and those kinds of things um and so when i started talking to my uh friends and family about this issue i said you know so here here's the deal well i get to really literally deal with the stuff um, that happens <laughs> at, at, the, at the college because, you know, toilets are backing up and all all this. So um, it, it's really the combination of all the things that, uh, you know, most people don't want to deal with in their daily lives. I mean, they, they don't want to talk to lawyers. They don't want to deal with insurance. They don't want to deal with the septic system backing up. They don't want to deal with any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They just want to go along and you know with their lives and uh it wouldn't it be great to have somebody who who you could rely on to just take care of all that stuff and uh and wouldn't that make your life better and so that well i do that for an entire institution i was gonna
0: say on a slightly larger scale than just a personal level so that's fantastic i love that answer as you've talked to your colleagues in Washington State and maybe throughout the country, what would you say you're hearing as the biggest challenge that faces all CBOs today? What keeps you all up at night?
1: You know, for me, I do think it's uh, the first. The- fiscal pressures of running an organization under a uh, microscope um, where you're looking at students and families uh, talking about how tuition is too high, uh, you have Congress talking about how um, uh, the colleges are not spending their endowments correctly, you know, those kinds of things. and. Over and over, there's always upward price pressure on all of the costs of doing business. And so that is a really difficult environment to to operate in.
0: Any pockets of innovation that you have seen in terms of creative approaches to financing or just anything that you're watching or kind of keeping your ear or eyes on in terms of things happening around the country that you find interesting?
1: Well, right now... A trend that I see that I really, um, you know, am following is is the sort of data analysis kinds of things, mm. um, the the deep dives into data. Um, it, it's really started, I think, on the instruction side, but we're I'm starting to see a lot of it, and there's some obvious places like. You know, energy consumption kinds of things where they're they're using um, or schools are using monitoring equipment, and they can really, on a granular basis, tell how much energy consumption is going on room by room, fixture by fixture, those kinds of things, um, and then tune what they're doing in such a way that they maximize their their utility spend. Um, and, but I see it in all sorts of other things as well, um, in, you know, campus safety um, kinds of uh, areas where there's there's technology now that will um, look for patterns and trends, you know, geo geo trends of where there's been reports of of either crimes or, or other incidents um, so that you can um, kind of preemptively change your patrols and and do those kinds of things. So so I'm really fascinated by. Um, the ability of a computer system basically, to take a deeper look at data um, than a human really could, and then make suggestions about where the human should be kind of focusing their attention.
0: Is that something that you're doing at Pierce College? or are you considering doing as you're looking, you know down the road for future projects?
1: That's definitely a future project for us. We are um, very heavily doing the, those kinds of data um, dives in our instructional, um, areas, uh, in terms of, you know, student success, and being able to try to preemptively um, figure out which students are at risk and which students are, are not, uh, and, and being able to take proactive measures for that. Um, but uh, we are definitely looking at ways to expand that into other areas, including the business operations.
0: One of the things I've heard on this podcast through a handful of interviews is the importance of partnerships. Is that something that you rely upon at Pierce to do your job better, to leverage Resources and the like. Yes,
1: definitely. We we really support partnerships as a whole. It's kind of a, a hallmark of who we are as an institution, uh, and and we we work with both our public and private partners um, to to get stuff accomplished that we never could um, uh, otherwise. One of the more recent things is that we're one of the community colleges in the in the um, country that uh, opened up a housing facility, and mm. that's through a, a private pu- public uh, partnership. And uh, you know th- the way that um we get appropriated capital dollars um, from the state legislature here that that wasn't ever going to happen um, independently uh, through through state funding. And so our ability to, Use and leverage um, a private partnership was really the the only way that that was going to happen.
0: Interesting. What do you think the community college model has that others could learn from? Like, what what is it about the community college structure that you guys do really well that you feel maybe some other institutions could could learn from? Some of the things that you guys have learned over the years.
1: I think the real advantage of the community college is how nimble it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, part of it is that the community colleges as a whole, um, you know, the community college system in the United States overall is only, say, 50, 60 years old. It's really not that old mm-hmm. a, a a, uh, system. And, uh, so it doesn't have as much of the weight of the thousand year old, uh, business model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, so I, I do think that that nimbleness is a, a, huge advantage because in the end, you know, um, in economic downturns, when people are laid off and, and they're looking at retooling their skills to find another job in a different type of economy, mm-hmm. um, in, general, we see, you know, a lot of them uh, turn to the community college um, for a one or two year kind of training program, um, rather than a four year complete retool of a bachelor's degree.
0: Troy, you had mentioned mentors earlier on in the conversation. Have how have you relied upon mentors um, in your life to shape your career? What have you learned from the mentors in your life?
1: I've learned so much in terms of the sort of art of leadership, uh, the art of communication, uh, you know, the, the hard skills, the, does the balance sheet, you know, match up and, mm-hmm. and balance, those kinds of things. You, you know, those, those are the kinds of things you learn through cl- coursework through, you know, books uh, that kind of stuff. But, but once you're actually in the quote unquote real world um, and <laughs> And uh, you're you're working with people. Uh, a lot of those the kinds of skills you need um, you are kind of trial and error kinds of things, and and you don't want to make those errors. So mentors have been a, a key part for me um, in learning. Yeah, just the the relationships, how to build relationships, how to how to take advantage of relationships, and um, and communicate well, um, and and you know, lessons learned. Um, I'd much rather learn from somebody else's lessons than my <laughs> own. So, so back yeah, to the it, uh, it,
0: risk mitigation there, right?
1: Definitely. So yeah, that, it, it's really been an important part of, of my uh, career development.
0: And do you feel that you've served as a mentor to others? Is that something that you strive to do?
1: Definitely do. Uh, and uh, actually, once again, in Washington, we have a pretty strong um, overall community college system, 34 colleges, and we have uh, some built in, um, you know, and uh, mentoring pr- programs that that help. So I'm actually um, involved in a couple of those right now. I have a mentee through something we call the Washington Education Leadership Association, mm-hmm. and that's uh, for deans and VPs. Um, getting ready to take the next step uh, in their careers. And then um, also, we have a faculty of color mentoring program, and I'm a mentor in that.
0: What are you seeing in the next generation of leaders that's either surprising or inspiring to you?
1: One of the things that really inspires me is um, the focus on social justice, the focus on uh, decision making that um, improves the um, the student's ability to be successful uh, and and how widespread that uh, concept is with our our younger leaders mm-hmm. uh, moving up uh, because it, it really you know uh, at, at times has surprised me in in my past how um, how that's not been something that's been a focus for even at the community college level uh, where we see uh, so many students who come from from challenging backgrounds. And so that that part has really um, uh, been a, a good good change. And also, I see the uh, skill levels increasing. I see the um, the just the overall quality of the of the people trying to um, enter leadership positions at colleges, um, both at the two year and four year level um, increasing.
0: That is very encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. Anything else you'd like to share today, Choi, that I've neglected to ask?
1: Well, uh, as a whole, I think the um, role that I play—obviously, um, I'd like to say it's a vital role—but um, uh, the the thing that I think uh, I I try to spread as much as possible is the fact that chief business officers are not grumpy because they're generally grumpy. They're grumpy (laughs) because uh, they uh, really are trying to look out for uh, the big picture best for the entire organization. And uh, we uh, are usually more mad at ourselves than anybody individually because we can't Uh, provide the kinds of service and tools that um, people really should rely on us for.
0: Well, you don't strike me as grumpy, Choi, but thank you so much for your time today and for sharing just a couple of your insights with us.
1: Well, thank you, Megan.
0: You can find out more about Choi and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of Nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Choi and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhallcom forward slash higher education.